Alright everybody, welcome back into the Pin Guys podcast. Ben Hutchins, Danny Allen here with you today. Stay tuned, we got an interview with former Oklahoma State Cowboy Victor Medeiros coming up shortly. But first, Daniel, we're going to talk about um, Oklahoma State's sweep at Kansas. We're not really going to talk about the Wichita State game that got rained out. Um, a lot of rain here this weekend in Stillwater. But what, what, what were your takeaways from the series in Lawrence? Well, the... Um Offense looked good. Offense got back on on uh, on par. Scored uh, their twenty nine runs within the first two, and then eight more. So uh, thirty seven runs on the weekend. Um, you know, first one kind of main takeaways is I mean, you got your ace struggling. You're still able to score fifteen runs and outscore Kansas. Still shouldn't be giving up ten runs to Kansas. If I'm being honest, but. Um, you know, in retrospect, last two games, pitching rotation, pitching staff settled down and um, executed pitches and, you know, obviously made timely ones and got out of some jams. And, you know, we saw some guys grow up a little. You saw Gabe Davis have a good outing. You saw Baden Root have a really good outing. So all these guys who have been struggling have good outings. And, you know, granted, it's it's against one of the lower offensive teams in the conference, but um, – I think any any time a pitcher can get that under his arsenal, get that confidence, I think it'll only pay dividends moving forward. So, you know, you saw a lot of guys grow up. Um, you saw the offense play well, um, and ultimately, OSU t- took care of business in a series that should have. So, yeah, no doubt. I know, and as easy as it was to point to that five-game losing streak, the Cowboys bounced back, and now they're on a five-game winning streak. Um, it's just crazy how fast the mood and the vibe around a team can change in college baseball. I think you had the stat. Was it the first sweep for Josh Holiday in Lawrence in, in his career? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it was kind of a <laughs> – I was kind of shell-shocked to see that. Uh, so, that was actually only his second series win. First sweep, like you said. Second series win under Kansas. Um, 13, he lost. 15, 17, and 19, he lost. 19, his team <clears throat> won the first game 20, 27-6. Ended up losing the latter two games by one run. Uh, both by one run, <clears throat> and it was kind of a weird set. I was looking back on it, and then, you know, I saw that it was only a second series win, and you know, and twenty one was his first. So, I mean, that's you know, you kind of pinpoint the discrepancies on the you know historical status and you know productivity from both programs from o- on OSU and then Kansas being uh, for quite some time now one of the bottom tier teams in the conference. I mean, it's it's kind of weird to look at and see a program like Oklahoma State struggle with Kansas so often but I mean yeah that was a weird stat like you said but yeah it was his first sweep in in Lawrence so so now looking ahead to this week Cowboys are going to Michigan for a Friday Saturday Sunday series um I don't know if, do you know if in Michigan they, they do it for some reason I see a 3 p.m mm. start on Friday a 1 p.m start on Saturday in an 11 a.m. start on Sunday. Not not a lot of night games over there in Michigan. I have no clue why, but um, <clears throat> I'm sure it has something to do with the Big t- uh, the Big Ten's, I guess. Big Ten doesn't necessarily put as much effort into baseball. Like Big 12, <clears throat> Pac-12, SEC, ACC for that matter, even the Sun Belt or Conference USA. And um, I think part of, that's is, part of that is because you know, on ESPN Plus, they can secure a secure a, I guess, a prime time or a good time for a first pitch. Um, certainly couldn't have done it on TV. You know, for for the most part, the only really 
consistent programs in the Big Ten are Michigan, Iowa, Nebraska. Occasionally you'll get a, a random team like, you know, Maryland or Maryland for the past two years, or even Rutgers last year. But, <clears throat> I mean, even, I mean, Nebraska's struggling, Michigan's struggling, and, I mean, I, I think, you know, all of that coincides with the, the fact that, I mean, like I said, the Big Ten just doesn't put the effort, the, the amount of effort that other conferences, other big and notable conferences put into college baseball, and I think that affects the time of first pitch, what, you know, viewership and sponsorship they can get for the game, and um, I think that's a big reason why you're seeing kind of an unorthodox uh, slate for first pitches. I mean, you know, series openers at 4 p.m. You don't, yeah. usually, you don't usually see it that early, so. No, no. Um, do you expect the Cowboys to win this series? Undoubtedly. I mean, I, and I'll, I'll say that confidently. I mean, I there's no reason Oklahoma State should lose this series. Um, am I saying a sweep? It's no, not at all. It's really hard in college baseball, baseball even for that matter, to go into opposing territory and even win a road series, um, much less sweep. So, um, no, I'm not saying. I mean, I'm not saying OSU sh- OSU will sweep, um, but I think in terms of you know looking down the road for the schedule, you got Eastern Tennessee, you got a good a good Kansas State team coming to Stillwater after. And you got Bedlam. Um, I know she's fortunate to have Kansas State at home instead of having to travel for that. Um, but, I mean, like we were talking about, I, I, I think winning this series, because like you said, you've al- they've already won five straight. They've already won. They already swept a series they took care of business with. And um, you, you take care of business in Ann Arbor, and you have Eastern Tennessee State probably should sweep that. Um, <clears throat> like I said, you got Kansas State at home. Probably should win that series, and then you got OU, probably gonna play, pay big dividends onto the onto, you know, determining who wins the Big Twelve regular season title this year. So OU's starting to play well, and then they just swept Texas right on the road, and they got Kansas at home. So, um, I mean, it, it's all about it's all about getting wins under your belt and getting hot at the right time. And I think that's something we've seen Josh's teams do so frequently. Um, towards the latter part of the season and um, it's a great opportunity right now you know obviously with the favorable schedule starting yeah. with Michigan so yeah the next Big 12 game OSU plays is on May 12th they got seven non-con games in front of that one um, any final thoughts before we get to Victor Medeiros no I mean you know like we were talking about I mean just grateful that he was able to join is always fun talking to Victor you know I it's one of the one of our favorites to talk to in press conferences. Always a good quote. Always well mannered, level headed. So we're thankful to have him on.
All right, everyone, welcome back into the Pin Guys podcast. Ben Hutchins here, Daniel Allen sitting next to me in the studio, and we got Victor Medeiros on the line, a pitcher for the Rocket City Trash Pandas in Alabama, double-A affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels. You might better know him as a former Oklahoma State Cowboy. Victor, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. What's what's it like in, in Rocket City, man? Uh, you just got moved up to double-A. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Um, I think it's been an amazing experience. Um, I mean, Rocket City is amazing. Um, the fans are amazing. Just the atmosphere in general is great. Um, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to, uh, you know, win some games. What What's the coolest part about getting a phone call or getting tapped on the shoulder, and uh, and getting the the word that you're getting moved up? In, in the rung of minor league baseball. How, how did that work for you? So it was kind of crazy, actually, how everything happened. Um, once I got drafted, I ended up going to a mini camp that the Angels had in Arizona. And then after that, um, I faced a couple hitters for a couple times, and, and they sent me to Tri-City of Pasco, which is our high I was there for about two and a half months, and then the season ended. I was I went back home. I remember when I went back home, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna get ready for you know the off season and get ready to go. They had told me I was going to instructs, and then I remember I got there at like 10 p.m. on a Monday night, and then on Tuesday I was at um dealership for my car had to get an oil change and the high coach calls me he's like hey um you've been called up to double a for the end of the season just in case you need you so i ended up going there amazing atmosphere the first day i got there they had clinched the second half as well so we had a huge um party after and it was kind of like a welcome to double a thing and it was amazing it was i mean it was just a lot of guys that had been there all year and they were just having fun. And I just remember to myself, like, wow, you know, this could have been us at Oklahoma State. And, you know, it was just a, a surreal moment. And then once the season ended in AA, I went back home for like three days and then we ended up going to instructs. And, you know, I had a good instructs, went back for the off season in Miami. Um, worked hard in the off season, and then I went early to Arizona for spring training. And one day I was just working out, and they were like, "Hey, um, you know, Phil, which is the manager for the big leagues, wants to talk to you." So I went to his office and he kind of sat down, sat me down, and he was like, "Hey, um, we're going to send you to big league camp," and I was like, "Wow." That's amazing. I remember I was like, wow, like, this is going to be an amazing experience. And I remember walking into the big league camp locker room and Mike Trout was like three lockers away from me. Anthony Rendon was right across from me. And just everybody was just right there. And I was like, oh my God, I play with these guys and I'm going to be the show. Like, <laughs> now I get to play with them in real life. And it was just such a surreal moment. And then right at the end of Big League Camp, um, they were like, hey, we're going to send you to AA. And 
I remember just being so grateful for the opportunity and, you know, just, I was just mentally prepared to, I guess, do my thing. And um, once I got that, you know, go ahead, I was like, okay, now this is where we go. What's Mike Trout like as a teammate? He's a great teammate. I mean, he's an amazing person. Um, he's just, you know, a lot of people don't really understand that, you know, all these guys you see on TV, everybody you really get to be around in day camp, it's just like a normal human, you know. They're, you know, they have fun, they make jokes. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's major baseball. And I just think it's so relaxed and it's more like go out there, do your thing. And he's an amazing teammate. He's, I mean, he's great to talk to. I really didn't talk to him that much because I was a pitcher, he was a hitter. So he was mostly around hitters. But we did have this like night golf um, tournament we did. And I mean, you can see he was, you know, having fun. And I mean, he was talking to everybody. He was such a cool person to be around. I think I've seen like a viral video of Mike Trout hitting a top golf, hitting a top golf, yeah. and, and that ball just oh, yeah. like has has yet to come down. Yeah, I mean, he he's just you got to think about he is like a hitter on. I mean, he has superpowers. I mean, he <laughs> takes pitches he's not supposed to be taking that are you know ball and a half off the zone. Um, he does the little things right every single time. Um, he's just, he's different, you know, he's a different animal. And I think that's what makes him so great because he doesn't let the small things go by. And, you know, he's very focused on his work. And, you know, he has an amazing work ethic. You go in every single day in the rocker room and, you know, he makes sure he gets his therapy done and does everything right. And that's, why he's been in the league for so long. And Victor, while, while we're talking golf, I'll throw this one at you real fast. I, I know you're pretty big. What was your favorite golf course in Stillwater? Stillwater, I remember going to Carson Creek. Um, most, I think it was like Landry and Roman and Baden and I uh, went to, to Carson Creek at the end of the season. And I mean, other than it was really hard to play because it was either you in play in the fairway or you're out of bounds but I mean it was it was an amazing golf course out there how'd you, how'd you shoot? I don't think I did really <laughs> I think I hit I think I shot like a 90 or 95 something like that not 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 terrible out there that that those balls disappear if you hit them off the fairway oh yeah, oh, yeah. Roman's definitely the, the big golfer at Oklahoma State for sure gotcha hey Victor um <clears throat> You know, I, I got a question about your time at OSU. I know you kind of – you were at Miami, you came to Oklahoma State and um, had a slow start, but then obviously cemented yourself as the day one guy towards the latter part of the season. Uh, just in short, if you could you know, reflect on your time at OSU, how would you do so? How would you describe it? I think OSU for me was honestly one of the best times of my life. Um, I think what they got going on at OSU right now is one of the best college environments you can honestly be around. Um, Josh is, I want to say, one of the best head coaches I've ever been around. And 
um, other than being a great coach and being one of the most positive coaches I've been around, he's the best person ever. He is someone you can talk to about anything. Um, Matt Holliday, Robbie Ventura, Rob Walton, I mean, those guys are, I mean, they're not just coaches, they're your best friends. I mean, I remember right when I left, I was like, when I had said, okay, I was going to go to the draft, I remember telling Josh and Rob, just, you know, thank you for being who you were to me and what you meant for me in my career and my, you know, baseball lifespan. I mean, they're just amazing people. I, I think that um, anyone that goes to OSU is, you know, extremely, extremely um, welcoming there. And as, I remember as soon as I got there, everybody just felt like family. And I had known these guys for about a week now. And, you know, it's just a great environment. It's a great baseball environment. And I think it's one of the best um, college baseball programs that you can go out there and, you know, be yourself and know that no matter what happens, the coach is always going to have your back. Victor, <clears throat> looking back at the pitching staff you guys are starting pitching rotation you guys had, four different guys now in the major leagues or with a major league or- organization. I mean, is, is that kind of surreal to look back on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just unbelievable how, you know, I've played against these guys, most of the guys now that I even played against in, in double-A. Um, I played when I was in, you know, middle school, high school. You know, I played with Pete Carl Armstrong since I was little. I played with, you know, all these guys. I mean, in my league, just in my league, um, I played with three signs. Um, Pete Carl Armstrong. Um, just, I mean, a lot of guys, I think baseball is such a big sport, but, you know, every, everything is so, it's such a small world that you get to, you know, play with them growing up, and then now that you get to the professional level, you're still playing against the same people. You know what I'm saying? They're not changing. Yeah, you might have a couple guys, but even in college, it's not changing. I played with Justin Campbell when I was 12 years old. I played with Rock Riccio. I played with all these guys when I was little. And then now, you know, you get to see, you know, what they grow up to be and how much they, you know, put in and how much the hard work is going to pay off for them. Victor, you talk about Rock, and, I mean, I know you were a draft-eligible sophomore yourself. We've we've covered, we've watched baseball for a while and still don't quite understand the uh, draft eligibility of a sophomore rule. Uh, could you kind of explain to us how that works and how one qualifies for that? Yeah, so basically, sophomore rule is um, usually when you go to college, you have to be a junior to get drafted. It takes about three years. Um, there's other guys where, like me and Rock, so basically, if you turn 21 before draft day, you are eight, you are eligible to get drafted, no matter if you're a junior or a sophomore. So basically, if you're 21 before that draft day, and you're still a sophomore, you're able to get drafted. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I got one more for you right now. I mean, if if you if you had to pinpoint a favorite series to pitch in. 
I know we asked Griffin this, and he said his was the Texas series whenever we had him on. If you could look back and kind of pinpoint a favorite series to pitch in, what what, what would you say? Definitely OU series. The OU um, series was amazing. I think Bedlam is a great um, kind of competitive atmosphere that we have going on in Stillwater. Um, I think it's, you know, amazing how, you know, two colleges obviously are from the same state. They're competing 24-7, and, you know, I'm glad OSC came out with the win last year and this year, I believe. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's just a great atmosphere to be around. The fans really get involved, and, you know, the fan base in Oklahoma State is amazing. I remember watching the porches out there on the outfield, and, you know, they really get into it. And, I mean, I love all of it. Victor, um, you, you know, you talk about the – great atmosphere um over the past three years college baseball seen a you know record-setting numbers and attendances and i wanted to ask you from your perspective i mean have you from your first season at miami to obviously osu and now watching it on tv have you noticed that uh increase in i guess support for the sport of college baseball oh for sure for sure i would definitely i mean when i was at miami um it was the year after COVID, so there was really that, you know, 50% of fans could only get in, and then they started raising it up and stuff like that. But when I got to Oklahoma State, I remember I remember the first weekend uh, at Vanderbilt, I remember walking into the stadium and it said sold out. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's, you know, 50% sold out or like 100% everybody's going to be here. It's actually sold out. And it was actually sold out, it was 100%. And it was just amazing to see, you know, just how many people are really involved in college baseball. Um, I think that it's a great atmosphere. I think that, again, you know, it's it's just, it's different. You know, college baseball is so much of a team-driven um, sport, I guess. When it comes to baseball, and I think it's, you know, once you get to professional baseball, it's more of a business and more, you know, self. You always want to be a great teammate, but it's it's more of self-driven work. Um, and what I loved about college baseball was it's all about your team. And it's all about how can you help the guy, you know, next to you be a better person and be a better baseball player. And I love that about Oklahoma State because that is who they kind of shape you to be. Not so much about, hey, what is what is what is, what am I gonna do in this situation? But what can I do in this situation to hand it off to the next guy so that he can get the job done just like I will? Uh, Victor, I know this kind of depends on you know readiness and um, baseball savvy, but you, know, you talk about how playing a couple years, like one or two years in college baseball, can you know boost an individual's esteem and get him even more prepared for the MLB. If, if if you could kind of pinpoint an answer, I mean, would you recommend playing college baseball instead of going to the draft? 100%. Or? 100%. I think, you know, guys that are, I guess, prospects um, out of high school. I mean, I was a prospect out of high school myself. Um, I think there's something about college baseball that really gives you that edge. Um, I remember out of high school, 
you know, I had a good arm, I had good pitches, I had good stuff. But when you get to, you know, have someone like Rob Walton kind of shape you and, you know, give you the ins and outs of pitching and pitch design and knowing what to do in certain counts, knowing how to get to certain counts, knowing what to set up a pitch to throw in certain counts, I think that really gives you that extra edge. And that's why I feel like most of the people that get drafted out of college move up in organizations so fast because it's, hey, we don't need to teach you this anymore. You already know this. It's just how much are you, how consistently are you going to execute what you already know? And that really just comes down to you. I feel like when you sign out of high school, I'm not saying everyone, but most of the guys that sign out of high school that you see, you know, most of these organizations are, you know, they have the, they have the talent, they have all the pitches, they have, you know, all the stuff. I mean, the pitches are amazing, but they don't really know what to do with it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it takes a little bit longer for these guys to kind of get it together and have trust in what they throw out there. Um, because they haven't really experienced that. And, you know, especially D1 level, you have a lot of these guys that you're going to be seeing in professional baseball because the talent is there. It's just about how consistently you're going to execute it. So I definitely think going to college definitely shapes you to be a, a better baseball player. You know, you always the dream is always to, you know, sign professionally and go to the big leagues. That's everybody that plays this game, that's, that's what they want to do. But I feel like going to college is definitely going to prepare you a little bit more and have that edge on other people and have that mindset of, okay, this is really what I want to do or, hey, maybe I want to work in one five because I don't know if this is what it's, you know, what's, what's right for me. Vic, the last thing I want to ask you, man, we, we do a weekly mailbag here at the Ocali and we every week, Victor, we, we're getting questions about Rob Walton and, you know, if, if he's still, um, you know, doing good and all that stuff i mean the pitching staff they've struggled this year but I'll, I'll ask you like what does rob walton do to to help pitchers at oklahoma state rob walton is the type of guy that can um i guess be seen differently than people that don't play baseball um you gotta understand that pitchers you know especially pitchers. Pitchers are people that, you know, just like hitters, are going to have bad days, except that their bad days is going to take them seven days to get back on the bump, you know, especially starting pitchers. Hitters are different. Why are they different? Because hitters are, you know, maybe you go 0 for 3, but you're in there the next day. You have another, another opportunity the next day. And I feel like sometimes, you know, fans and people that are not in the game really just say, oh, well, he didn't well, he didn't do too hot last week. Well, yeah, he has seven days to get on the mound again. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard to, you know, there's a lot of adjustments you got to do as a pitcher, and every single pitch is an adjustment, you know. And I think Rob Walton really – so he really explains it really well for those pitchers to be able to go out there and, you know, bounce back. Especially in this game, there's a lot of failure that's going to happen. And the more you're able to flip the page and 
go on to the next outing and have a kind of a short-term memory with everything, the better you're going to be better off because you're just going to be able to, I guess, focus on that next outing and kind of just whatever happened on that outing, whether it was good, bad, you take notes from it, take mental notes, you know, it's okay. I did this year. Next time I need to do whatever it is. I need to change this. I need to, I need to have another mindset, but it's very short term. And I think Rob just really explains that really well for those pitchers. And, you know, I was, I was fortunate to have someone like that around me. Have you still talked with him? Um, even as you've uh, moved on from OSU? Oh yeah. I talk to Rob all the time. Um, He's just, he's honestly just a person that is real. Um, he tells you exactly how it is from the beginning. I remember my visit at Oklahoma State, as soon as I got in there, we went upstairs to the coach's um, office, and it was, hey, listen, you're, you're good, but this is what you need to do to get better. And, you know, as a baseball player, there's nothing I want to hear from a coach more than that. I want you to tell me what I need to fix so I can be better. I don't want you to tell me I'm good. I really know that I got what it takes. I just need you to tell me what I need to do to get there. So, and that's exactly what he did. He told me straight up what I need to do, what it takes. And the other part is just you. You know, you got to put in the work. You got to put in the hours. And Rob Wallen's like an open book. You know, you can ask him anything you want, whether it has to do with baseball or not. And he will, if he doesn't have the answer, he will figure out the answer for you. And that's what, you know, I was so fortunate to have. I was able to talk to him as a baseball player, and I was able to talk to him as a person as well. Gotcha. Victor, I always enjoy talking with you, man. Um, I think the Maderoses have probably the coolest story I've ever written about. Uh, Y'all coming over from from Cuba and and, and coming over and doing that. It's on all my my job applications. I I, I love that story, so I'm hoping... uh, future employers do too I, I appreciate you joining us thank you so much for having me and thank you for writing that story that was an amazing story i remember reading it again like two or three days ago when you reached out and i i honestly started crying because i was like wow this is this is exactly what happened and you know i'm just fortunate to be here but thank you for having me and you know go pokes <laughs>